1: Welcome, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melchior, your host for this entire hour. If everything goes as planned, no reason to think that it won't, of course. Uh, lots to get to today. A big, big, heavy news day uh, with a lot of closer news, a lot of closer updates. Some craziness in that Yankees-Mets game last night uh, with Travis Darno and Asdrubal Cabrera. Uh, tracking some frequent flyer miles in the infield there. Uh, we've got some uh, interesting pitcher performances. Uh, Clayton Richard with a shutout yesterday against the Phillies. Lots of uh, Twitter commentary on how uh, bad the Phillies must have felt taking it on the chin against a pitcher with a really high ERA. I'm going to come at it from a little different angle, and not just because Clayton Richard went to the University of Michigan. Um Anyhow, lots and lots to get to, so time to get started, and like I said, lots of closer developments. Trevor Rosenthal came in uh, for the Cardinals last night to save uh, save the game and uh, had been very, very reliable of late, but through just a grand total of eight pitches before being lifted, gave up uh, a solo homer to Xander Bogarts, uh, and then issued a walk to Mitch Moreland. Velocity was down dramatically. Uh, by about uh, four miles an hour from his recent performances. So Mike Matheny got him out of there. He's going back to St. Louis for some tests. So um, I'd say in the short run, probably uh, Tyler Lyons, I would think, would be getting the saves, but who knows? Could be Sung Wano. Uh, Zach Duke has been seeing some time in the late innings, maybe against lefties. Uh, he could see uh, some some high leverage appearances. Uh, don't know, but I will say that uh, I think Tyler Lyons is a good uh, good speculative pickup right now because he's been very good lately, and he's been setting up Rosenthal, pitching the eighth. Yu Darvish also lifted a little bit earlier than uh, probably would have been otherwise last night. Uh, had tightness in his backed back uh, and reportedly, according to the Southern California News Group, was uh, lifted as a precaution. CC Sabathia, on the other hand, he'll be coming back to the Yankees rotation as expected. Uh, he will uh, start Saturday at Boston, uh, and uh, Masahiro Tanaka could also be back very soon. He's got a bullpen session tomorrow and could start. Next week against the Tigers, that according to Sweeney Murty of uh, WFAN. So uh, Raldus Chapman rounding out the uh, Yankees news. He did not pitch yesterday, even though there was a safe situation against the Mets. Uh, But that was planned ahead of time and not necessarily because he's been struggling or at least solely because he's been struggling he's been dealing with an injury I've seen it termed as both a leg injury and a hamstring injury he was held out but Jojo already made a comment that he wants Chapman to take a little time off to work things out so a little vague uh, but David Robertson and anybody getting the save yesterday with Don Batanza's unavailable alrighty that's just the start a lot more news to get to so we'll go for a little break and finish that off right when we come back
0: 2016, Scott Engel predicted an impressive second season from Melvin Gordon. Jake Seeley recommended Jordan Howard. Bobby McMahon forecasted a JGI breakthrough. George Kurtz saw a big year coming from Matt Ryan. And Joe Galena picked Rashard Matthews as one of his top sleepers. These predictions turn fantasy owners into champions, and the same crew returns this year. With more savvy calls in the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package at RotoExperts.com. Don't miss the calls that create winners. Register now and enter free radio at checkout for a special discount.
1: Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melchior, your host, and a very busy news day in baseball. Just got a little bit busier. A few developments, a couple with games in progress. We've got a very, very uh, slim uh, slate for tonight, but we've got a number of day games going on that I'll uh, update you on a little bit later on the show. But, Jose Ramirez has uh, left the Indians game this afternoon with, uh, due to uh, being hit by a pitch in his forearm. Uh, I have not seen anything more specific uh, in regard to that, but I'm sure there will be tests and some results. I don't know if we'll, we'll see those within that the hour or not. Uh, but uh, right now, Indians leading the Twins 3-1 to in the bottom of the fifth. Uh, Yankees have recalled Tyler Austin from AAA. He's uh missed a lot of the season with a couple of different injuries uh was uh, hurt himself in spring training uh, you may recall he was right in the thick of that uh, first base competition uh sustained a foot fracture then came back uh, sustained a hamstring inju- injury injury uh, but uh, back up with the Yankees not sure what his role will be I would think if he does get some playing time that would come at the expense. Uh, of Chase Headley, so that could be interesting in in both directions and John Lester left this afternoon's game uh against the Reds, which the Reds are winning handily uh nine nothing in just the second inning, and so Lester left with the trainer, so not that doesn't look good at all, but uh keep you posted on that one too if I get any further information. Uh, let me get back to some of the other news items. So I uh, mentioned last segment that uh, Travis Darno and Isdrubel Cabrera they uh, spent a lot of time swapping positions yesterday. Travis Darno got his first start at third base as Wilmer Flores and, and Jose Reyes were late scratches, and they basically the Terry Collins was just moving Darno around feverishly, trying to keep him out of the way of a ball in play, uh, try to minimize his chances of of having to field uh, a ball. Uh, I think I had read that he actually had one defensive chance uh, in that game. But he and S. Cabrera switched between second base and third base 23 times in that game last night. That's uh, that's craziness. Uh, Glenn Glenn Perkins has been activated from the DL. Uh, He is... All the way back from his shoulder surgery, Dietrich Enns, who had been briefly in the Twins rotation, went to the DL to make room for Perkins with the shoulder strain, and uh, I saw a report earlier today, uh, I think it was Mike Berardino from the Minneapolis Star Tribune, that uh, the um, that Perkins well, the way it was stated, I want to make sure I, I say this act as accurately as I can, that he wasn't going to be in the ninth inning in a, with a one-run lead for a while. So it's kind of the uh, you know more hidden part of that message that actually is the, the thing that has a fantasy impact, that Perkins, it sounds like there's some plans to have him close later this season. Uh, and of course, not that much season left, really. So, um, if you've been counting on Matt Belisle for saves, he's gotten the bulk of them in this current committee situation in Minnesota. Uh, I would guess that still would be a, a, a committee situation, just maybe spread a little more thin with Trevor Hildenberger and uh, perhaps Taylor Rogers, also, but also Glenn Perkins, too, maybe gets a, a few saves by the end of the season. Edwin Diaz did not blow the save last night for the Mariners against the Orioles, but it was a a pretty ugly outing for him, and it basically took uh, Mark Zbaczynski coming in and getting the final out to to preserve that win for the Mariners. Uh, But David Phelps is throwing a bullpen session today. He could be back sometime next week. Uh, So... I don't know if Phelps would be uh, a candidate to succeed. Edwin Diaz, if he continues to struggle, I would think that Nick Vincent would actually be the more uh, likely choice there. He's been very, very steady in the eighth inning, both in terms of quality of performance and in terms of his usage, that that's where he's been used very steadily. So unless Scott Service is just wanting to keep Vincent in that role, it would seem like he'd be the most obvious one to get a promotion. But that's a situation to watch. I mean, there's a number of situations right now. Of course, Trevor Rosenthal's mentioned earlier in the show um, may not close because of of a health issue, because of an arm issue. Uh, Raulds Chapman, that situation too seems a little shaky at this point, both because of health and performance, and because the Yankees have some good options. But the Mariners too, they they've got what uh, seems to be emerging as a pretty shaky situation there. Um, so you got to start looking at those uh, alternatives as well. The Nationals placed Brian Goodwin on the 10-day disabled list with a groin strain, so that lineup just gets more and more thinned out with injury. Uh, really, really tough breaks for the uh, for the Nationals. And Nick Nevada had one of the standout performances last night. With 11 strikeouts against the Padres, but it was definitely a mixed bag. Most of those strikeouts actually came early in the in the first three innings, and then things sort of unraveled for him. And the Padres actually won that game, and as uh, I mentioned earlier, Clayton Richard had a very thoroughly good performance against the Phillies that I'll get to later on in the show. But uh, kind of a shocker that Nick Pavetta then immediately after that 11 strikeout performance sent to AAA Lehigh Valley. I would have to assume Ben Lively will get a call up because he nearly got the call up to replace Vincent Velasquez and then instead it was Mark Leiter Jr. So that would be my guess. And I think that's that seems like a pretty safe guess. Andrew Heaney's going to make his 2017 debut. Uh, tomorrow against the Orioles. He's uh, all the way back from Tommy John surgery. So great news for Andrew Heaney. And uh, hopefully uh, that's a good one for him. Kevin Kiermaier could be very close to returning from his hip hip injury, uh, possibly as soon as this weekend for the Rays. And Alex Cobb probably back next week from his turf toe injury. Ruby De La Rosa is going to have Tommy John surgery for the second time in his career. And Jared Weaver has retired. And he finishes with 150 wins on the nose, 150 and 98 record over his career, with a very nice 3.63 ERA. And... You know, I think we forget because probably, you know, what we've come to associate Jared Weaver with is really low velocity. Uh, he's sort of been the uh, the punchline of, a, you know, a lot of jokes in recent years. Uh, and, of course, that low velocity has come along with, um, you know, certainly a much lower level of performance than he had over earlier his career. But when you look at those career numbers, it really puts it into perspective how good he was for, for quite a long time. And as recently as three seasons ago, he won 18 games and had a 3.59 ERA. So very nice career for Jared Weaver. Uh, he has retired. So let's uh, get on to some of the lineups. I don't think there's, yeah, there's not very many in. And there are only six games on the night slate tonight. So we got, like I said, a number of games going on uh, currently. Braves Rockies has, I think, just started. Was scheduled to start at 110 Mountain Time, uh, which was seven minutes ago. But um, coming up in the next hour, we've got the Rays and the Blue Jays at Rogers Center, Chris Archer and Chris Rowley in a Chris off. Uh, Chris Rowley making his second major league start, uh, the rookie who uh, pitched at West Point. Uh, anyhow, uh, Blue Jays lineup, a little bit different today. No Jose Bautista and no Kevin Pillar. Uh, so you got uh, Norio, Nori Aoki getting the start in right field and leading off. And um, playing center field is Ezekiel Carrera, who's actually put up some really nice numbers this year, but in very limited time. And on the Rays side, Brad Miller's leading off again. So that seems to be a thing now. And uh, I know he's not had a very good season in terms of batting average or in terms of power really disappear, uh, disappointing uh, compared to last season, but he is walking a lot. Uh, last I looked, which was maybe, I would say two days ago, Miller had an 18% walk rate, which is obviously uh, outstanding. So maybe this is a role where he can flourish and uh, maybe score, score a bunch of runs from here on out. Hopefully we get some more power too. I'd like to see that for Brad Miller, but, uh, And we'll see how this leadoff experiment works out for for him and the Rays. As far as weather goes, really really only one game to be very concerned about tonight. Like I said, very short slate. But um, sorry, let me just uh, get the weather forecast for you again here. Uh, The Pirates are hosting the Cardinals. That is uh, 7 o'clock Eastern at PNC Park. Actually, 7.05 Eastern. Be precise about that. 24% chance of precipitation at game time, but going up substantially within the uh, hours after that, actually, several hours after that. So, your Pirates and Cardinals tonight, think twice before starting that. Look at your alternatives. Anyway, we'll go back to yesterday's action. Very full, busy slate. Lots of great performance at this. Look into several of those right after this break.
0: Ezekiel Elliott, Carl Anthony Towns, Corey Seager. Those are the rookies of the year, much like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The fastest growing Fantasy Sports Network on radio is completely free 24-7. Listen to us live at FNTSY.com slash radio or download the app right now in the Google Play Store or on iTunes.
1: Welcome back. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melchior, your host. And I do not yet have uh, any further update on John Lester, who left in the second inning uh, today against the Reds. Uh, Also, no further update on Trevor Rosenthal, who was lifted early last night. But um, I was remiss in not mentioning that when I talked about the uh, report that he was going back to St. Louis to get some tests on his arm, uh, this was from Jennifer Langosh of uh, MLB.com, that uh, she did tweet that a roster move later today is likely. So that's a little unspecific, but that suggests to me, I would think, that Trevor Rosenthal is expected to go on the disabled list. And also just seeing this literally right now, come across my uh, Twitter screen, Jose Reyes, who was a a late scratch last night, uh, placed on the DL with an oblique injury. So uh, that's a move there. I don't know if we'll see uh, Travis Darno again at third base or second base or or somewhere in between. My guess is no. But uh, Jose Reyes on the DL uh and again Trevor Rosenthal it sounds like going to go on the DL but nothing definitive there yet still think it's a very very good idea to pick up Tyler Lyons who not only seems poised to uh fill in for Rosenthal he's just been really very good for more than a month now uh so should uh, be one of your your better waiver wire options for uh for uh saves help all right well let's talk about some starting pitching help uh Clayton Richard not really popular in fantasy and then certainly not that uh, hard to figure out why um has had a rough season after last year looking very good down the stretch for the Padres but uh he shut out the Phillies yesterday gave up just three hits and one walk six strikeouts uh now he's like I said, not having you know not having a great year from a fantasy perspective, and yet when you break down, you know what he's done, what uh, Clayton Richard has done in terms of his ratios, it definitely is is something that begs a little bit closer examination. And as I mentioned, he was very good down the stretch last year. Really was a, a very good ground ball pitcher, which you know he's been at times over his career, and. You know, Certainly nothing to complain about there. I mean, last year he had a 65% ground ball rate. This year it's 59%, still very high. He's actually getting more strikeouts and pitching with way better control this year than he did last year. Uh, now, for somebody who's a ground ball pitcher, his, his home run rate is not especially impressive. But it's, it's a little bit over one per nine. Uh, and, and you know go back a couple years ago that would actually be considered very high but that's better than average in this year's environment of crazy power hitting so you know, you've got a, a strikeout rate that's below average but not you know ridiculously below you've got a pretty good walk rate and an okay home run rate uh and yet he's got even after the shutout he's got a 4.84era. But he also has a 3.91 XFIP. Now, I don't really like to rely on XFIP. There are too many cases where there's something important that it's not capturing, whether it's uh, just a pitcher who doesn't allow a lot of hard contact, it doesn't maybe give up as many home runs as the fly ball rate would suggest that it should, or um, you know somebody who's better on balls and play than uh, you know a typical pitcher would be. There's there's all kinds of... of Ways that that could be misleading. But in uh, Richard's case, I, I don't know. I, uh, I If there's one thing that's misleading, he's got a 350 batting, which is ridiculously high. But as I mentioned before, gets a lot of ground balls and is giving up a lot of hits on ground balls. I don't have in front of me exactly what the batting average is on ground balls. It's around 280. I might be off by a point or two. The Major League average is somewhere in the 240s. But the Padres' staff average is just under 270. I want to say 268-something, somewhere around that neighborhood. So given that the Padres also, not so coincidentally, have been one of the worst teams in terms of defensive metrics this year, uh, you might say, okay, I'm going to go with the ERA instead of the XFIP there because the XFIP is probably not fully capturing the impact of the Padres' defense. But I think that this shutout against the Phillies tells maybe tells you a little something. That there's potential for Clayton Richard against a team that doesn't have the best lineup, and when he's you know pitching in his park, which isn't as pitcher-friendly as it was when it first opened, but still one of the more pitcher-friendly parks in the majors, uh, there's the potential for Clayton Richard to outperform that, that ERA, which is is a kind of a low bar, right? It's just under five after a shutout performance. So that's that's really, you know, very faint praise for Clayton Richard. But what I'm just trying to say is that I, I think that uh you know if he's got a good matchup, particularly at home or, you know, let's say he's facing the Giants at AT&T, something like that. I think that you could do a lot worse than Clayton Richard. He's actually had several really good starts this year and uh, you know, I think it's if you, you know, maybe there's a, a defensive alignment that's a little bit better uh, than, than some others. Um, I think the increased playing time for Corey Spangenberg is probably a good thing. Uh, Manny, Manny Margot being off the DL, um, you know, maybe I could go and break down what the Padres' BABIP is since Margot's been back uh yeah i think there's some alignments that are more helpful than others there are some matchups that are more helpful than others so i i I think that a lot of the kind of dissing that clayton richard got on twitter last night after shutting out the phillies it was a little bit unfair because in many ways he's a very good pitcher gets a lot of like i said gets a lot of ground balls has his control is perfectly fine um you know, and, and yeah, he's not the, the greatest strikeout pitcher, but given that he does get a fair amount of soft contact, uh, I just think that that's, it's a little unfair. And that might be a little misleading for, you know, particularly if you're in a deep league, uh, I think Richard has some value in, some, in certain situations. In much, much shallower leagues, John Lackey is somebody to keep an eye on. Now, it's only in very shallow leagues that you'd be very likely to just go ahead and pick him up off of waivers. But maybe this is a chance where, you know, where you're in a league and maybe you've got a few owners that are kind of checking out because uh, they're doing their football drafts or planning for their football drafts. Uh, Lackey's season-long stats are still not very good. But he has been very good in the second half. So for just a little over a month, John Lackey, uh, he has a 3.06 ERA. Now, he does have an 88% strand rate, so that ERA, at least in that context, looks really misleading. He also has a 20% hard contact rate, which is incredibly low, and he is giving up a lot fewer extra base hits. So the strand rate is definitely due for some regression, but then again, I've been saying that about Gio Gonzalez pretty much the whole season until I finally came around and realized he was doing some things really well and probably helping his own cause. So there's going to be regression for John lackey. And, you know, maybe that's another situation. Maybe it's kind of like a, a, you know, almost like a counter counter strategy. Uh, it's not the, the, the owner that's asleep at the wheel that you take advantage of, but maybe it's just somebody who isn't buying lackeys 3.06 second half ERA knows the strand rate is high and is looking to do a sell high. um, But, uh, you know, maybe you can kind of push the envelope with that one and not pay too much for Lackey uh, for an owner that just plain old isn't believing in his good second half. Uh, But another good start on uh, Wednesday against the Reds. Went six innings with just one run allowed on four hits and three walks with six strikeouts. And I'm bearing the lead here. His first career stolen base. So, uh, you know, leagues where pitcher steals count. There's a bonus, which of course are, is no leagues anywhere at all. Uh, but uh, the the thing that's got me a little bit interested, and a little bit excited about John Lackey's fantasy value is that you know you could cherry pick certain uh, stretches. And it, 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 I don't think you know for purposes of, of fantasy analysis that cherry picking is always necessarily a terrible thing because there is you know something to hot streaks and cold streaks. Of course, there's also something to not being able to predict when they start and end. But, you know, if you want to play the hot hand, then, you know, you cherry pick and look where where the, the change started and say, OK, this person's been been really hot lately. But there's a, a little more to hang your hat on here with John Lackey, because I, beginning with the second start in the first half or I'm sorry, the second start of the second half. He has really cut down on the percentage of four seam fastballs that he's throwing. He's relying a lot more on his sinker and his slider. And those have been pitches that he's had much more success with in avoiding extra base hits. So there there may be some causality here uh, with the improvement in the second half. It's certainly at this point, you know, if you're in a situation where you're trying to catch up in the standings or something, it's certainly worth a try. And as I mentioned, there's two different kinds of owners who might be motivated to move John Lackey if you uh, still are able to make trades in your lead, league. Just Just saying. Uh, On the other hand, Cole Hamels did not have uh, a very good start against the Tigers. And granted, the Tigers are probably the best hitting team in the majors against lefties. So that doesn't really look like a very good matchup. But I think there's some way, way more concerning things about Cole Hamels than just uh, a mediocre start against the Detroit Tigers. And I'm going to go refer back to XFIP, too. to to kind of uh, peel away the onion layers with with Cole Hamels on that one. But I am going to have to do that in the next segment because that music tells you we're going to take a break right now. So relax, enjoy, and be ready to listen to some stuff about Cole Hamels. I'll be right back.
0: Packed with tons of in-depth insights from the industry's top experts, we get you fully prepared for a championship campaign with a deluxe draft package that includes projections, strategy articles, sleepers, busts, a cheat sheet generator, and so much more. And you're guaranteed additional access throughout the regular season. So put your gloves on now, even while it's hot outside, and get into mid-season form. Go to rotoexperts.com and register for the 2017 Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Enter code FREERADIO at checkout for a very special discount.
1: Welcome back, everybody. This is FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And did you know that you can now take the world's premier 24-7 fantasy sports radio network with you wherever you go? You sure can. You just have to download the fantasy sports radio app. Now, in the iTunes Store or on Google Play, and listen for free anytime or anywhere. You can hear Tony Sincata on the treadmill. You can hear Greg Sussman on the subway. Or you can just relax on the couch with the king who was on the show yesterday, Scott Engel. Or you can listen to Jake Seely while you're out jogging. We'll keep you updated and informed wherever you go. So get out the Fantasy Sports Radio app for free right now in the iTunes Store or on Google Play, and you take the experts with you. Uh, so, we have a Mets lineup now, the first of uh, 12 lineups from tonight's slate. And uh, no uh, Jose Reyes, of course. He was placed on the DL. No Wilmer Flores. And get this, Travis No is catching. <laughs> Back where he belongs. Uh, catching. Matt Reynolds and Gavin Cicchini have been called up. Reynolds is in the lineup. Uh, he is batting eighth and playing third base. So, no more funny uh, uh, box, box scores and, and score uh, score sheets. Uh, I think probably Matt Reynolds will stay parked over there at third base and as Dribble Cabrera over at second base. So, there you go. Uh, it's Steven Matz and Luis Severino taking the mound for the Mets and Yankees tonight. All righty. Um, so, I would started to talk about Cole Hamels right before the break, and you know, to put this in context. I had tried to sort of debunk Clayton Richards' uh, ERA a little bit. Uh, Cole Hamels has a 4.74. So, if you were to judge by that, you'd be better off pitching Clayton Richard. And you know what? This is going to sound absolutely crazy, probably to a lot of you, maybe all of you. But you might actually be better off. In a way, well, okay, I, I, I don't even, I'm sounding a little crazy to me. I was going to say better off starting Clayton Richard over Cole Hamels. For the sole reason of run support, I actually can't really buy into that. But I think in certain situations, like if the Padres are facing the Phillies or the Giants, um, they had interleague against the Angels. Um, that might be the case because uh, Hamels, has been getting by. Now we talked about uh, talked about John Lackey and his high strand rate. Hamill's has been getting by with a 2.36 BABIP. He's not striking out very many batters. He's got a 16 percent strikeout rate. That's really low. He's got an 8 percent walk rate, which is just merely okay. He's got a 1.0 home run per nine ratio, which is merely okay. Actually, just about the same as Clayton Richards. So he's got this low BABIP, and I looked at this stat line. And the two words that popped into my head were Andrew Kashner. Because I've talked about Kashner on and off the entire season because he's not striking out many batters. He's got worse control than Hamels. But he has a very mediocre walk rate. And yet he has been very steadily successful this year because of not giving up a lot of extra base hits and inducing a fair amount of soft contact. So I looked into Hamels and thought, well, maybe... Maybe he and uh, Andrew Kashner are getting together, and they're they're figuring out how to do more with less. I'm not buying it with Hamills. Uh, average fly ball distance for him is very ordinary. Hard and soft contact rates are actually the hard contact hard contact rate is a little bit elevated for Hamills. I think he's had a bit of luck this year, to be honest. I think that 474 x fit might be a little premonition of his future. So if you're a Hamels owner, see if you can sell him. Uh, at least be really careful about when and where you start them uh, because the, the peripherals look really, really ugly for them this year, and I don't see a whole lot to, to kind of explain that away. Uh, Jimmy Nelson also undergoing a bit of a rough stretch. Uh, he went six and a third innings against the Pirates, so longer than his last time out, but still gave up five runs, three earned on eight hits, just one walk with seven strikeouts. So actually that ratio is very encouraging, but over the last two starts combined for Nelson, he's gotten just 36% ground balls. And one of the things that's really been nice about Nelson for almost this entire season, I'd say certainly from May on forward is that he's been better at getting ground balls. Uh, And the line drive rate is just astronomical 44%. So usually that's a sign that something is amiss. I mean, if you got a line drive rate that's like in the upper 20s, low 30s, you're probably going to be putting up some bad stats, but it's close enough to a normal rate around 20% that you could say, "Oh, okay, that's a stat that fluctuates just randomly." But 44% suggest that Nelson has just been downright hittable these last couple of starts. So, it's a mixed message there. Seven walks and one seven strikeouts and one walk against the Pirates. That's uh it's a little, little encouraging. But um, those bad ball stats have me a little concerned about Jimmy Nelson. Now, in terms of, of an action you could take in fantasy, I still think because it's a small enough sample, but yet because it's not just one start, it's back-to-back starts for, for Nelson. Maybe you've got an owner that's getting a little nervous. Might be a good buy-low opportunity. Could also be one that absolutely backfires. <laughs> if, uh, if these trends continue, that's always the risk when you've got bad performances that are supported by some bad peripherals. But you could you still have the much larger body of work from Nelson this year. That's good. And uh, a, a very small body of work here. That's a little concerning. So not a move I would probably make as a first place team, unless I had just crazy pitching depth and, and thought it was a way to just bolster that a little bit. But I I do like it as a move for a team that maybe doesn't have a whole lot to lose and needs to do something bold to move up in the next few weeks. So just something to to consider there. Uh, Let's draw our attention to the hitters. Three hitters with two home runs yesterday. Keon Broxton with his 18th and 19th home runs of the year, uh, both against Pirates. And now, over his last nine, the notoriously streaky Broxton is eight for 26. That's good for a 308 batting average with five homers. No stolen bases, though. But he now has he's, he's one walk, or I'm sorry, one walk, one stolen base and one home run away from a 2020 season, which for as many bad stretches and at least seemingly long bad stretches for Broxton, that's pretty impressive that he is right there on the cusp of 2020. With a quarter of the season left. That's pretty darn good. Um, And he's hot right now. So um, you never know how long this is going to last with Broxton. I do hope for him at some point. That he finds some consistency. I saw a report that he was motivated. By Craig Council starting Jonathan VR in center. So whatever whatever works. (laughs) Whatever motivates you. That apparently is what has motivated Keon Broxton lately. Trevor Story after just an abysmal stretch, now has had two games in a row with at least one home run. Hit two of them against the Braves on Wednesday, his 17th and 18th home runs of the year. Uh, So three for four with six RBI and a walk in that game and over the 13 games that preceded the last two, where he's he's homer to combined three times, over those 13 games, he went five for 40, which is a 125 average, and all five base hits were singles. So Trevor Story busting out of a miserable slump in a very big way. Whether or not this has any kind of staying power, I don't know. Uh, Story is another player where I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he showed us over long stretches last season – what he's capable of. I, I have to imagine that's not just coincidence that he's uh, been dealing with some injury uh, at times this year and maybe he's still not uh, not fully recovered. Uh, so, you know, going in uh, into the weekend, maybe if you sat Trevor Story this week, which with the slate of games at Coors Field probably was not the time to sit him if you were inclined to start him. But uh, it's, it's certainly something you can watch uh, over the coming week. By the way, that said, the Rockies don't really have a. I think they have one week, or no, I take that back. Two two weeks out of the final six weeks of the season, where every game during the week is a home game. Uh, week twenty-two, and I think week twenty-six. So if story turns it on this week, maybe looking more ahead to week twenty-two actually than week twenty-one. But I'm getting way ahead of myself here. Got three whole days to go here before uh before next week. Nikki Delmonico is the third and final member of the two homer club from Wednesday. He went three for four with his second and third home runs of the year against the Dodgers. Uh you know, certainly looks like a, a nice match for him to uh, you know be playing home games at uh, at guaranteed rate field. And of course um, you know Dodger Stadium's not too bad for power either. But uh, he only had 12 home runs in AAA this year in 99 games. And that's playing for Charlotte, which has one of the hitter-friendliest, power-friendliest parks in the minors. So uh, he is a pole hitter. He could take advantage of a, of a good venue and a, and a good matchup, I think. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, certainly go out of my way to, to pick him up in something that was, you know, like a 12- a or 14-team mixed league, though. Uh, and Matt Chapman... Homered, again, he's having a very good second half so far. He went two for four against the Royals, had his ninth homer of the season, uh also his ninth homer of the second half. He's hitting two sixty-four, which might not seem like any great shakes, but with a twenty-nine percent strikeout rate, that's not bad. And he and his Babip is not, you know, crazy high either. Um so he's hitting two ninety nine on balls in play. So he's he's doing something really sustainable here and He's fifth among all hitters in the second half in terms of isolated power. So he's he's available just about everywhere, Matt Chapman. So there's somebody you need to target big time. And I would say even in 12-team mixed leagues, take a look at him. Could help you. Could be an upgrade at third base. All right, so one more segment to go here. More hitters with interesting performances from Wednesday. I will talk about them. But... Only until after we have this break.
0: Quarterback to receiver hookups, running back depth analysis, rookie values in dynasty leagues, deep sleepers, training camp battles. These are just a few of the in-depth features you will find inside the 2017 RotoExperts.com Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Plus, you get a full year of in-season coverage as a bonus. Get the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package now at RotoExperts.com. Enter free radio at checkout for your special discount.
1: Welcome back, everybody. This is FanRack Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melchior, your host, and also your John Lester update provider. Uh, the update on John Lester is he has been diagnosed with tightness in his left lat. I have no idea what sort of timetable that Lester might be on, but uh, that is the deal. Uh, I just also got a very important question from producer Mike Florida, Florio. Uh, like living la vida loca. I don't know if you mean Mike the song or just actually living la vida loca. Uh, I would say no to the song. Uh, I'll get back to you on on the actual lifestyle. Uh, I'm not even sure what that is really. All right, uh, back to baseball, where I think I'm I'm really in a much safer place. Uh, sorry that the John Lester news. Also, Cubs have gotten their found their way back into this game after being down nine nothing. Uh, they've put up. Five runs in the bottom of the fourth. Homers by Chris Bryant, Alex Avila, and Ian Happ. Oh, and there's more. And Javier Baez. Why did I let Alex Avila go? Why did I do it? I'm really mad at myself for doing that. 9-6, Reds over the Cubs. 3-2, Indians over the Twins in the bottom of the seventh. Diamondbacks blanking the Astros 3 nothing in the bottom of the sixth. Patrick Corbin pitching that one for Arizona. Rockies just went up on the Braves, 2-1, to one, and Rays Blue Jays just about to get started. All right, let me get back to some of the uh, performances from yesterday. Uh, okay, so I uh, just talked about Matt Chapman right before the break. Uh, definitely go find him in your 12-team mixed leagues and deeper. Mikey Matuk, I think more limited appeal there, but uh, and yes, I'm not sure. I feel like I talked about him very recently on the show, but worth a refresh there because he hit his ninth home run of the season off of Cole Hamels, and I you know, spent a good part of last segment sort of trashing Hamels, but let's give Matuk credit because he just hits really well against lefties. Uh, he has a .296 batting average this year with a .520 slugging percentage, but the cool thing is that Matuk is also hitting righties pretty well Not with as much power, but the batting average against righties is actually higher than the batting average against lefties. Um, Also walked twice in that game, by the way. So good game for Mikey Matuk. Will Myers, a good game uh, against the Phillies, giving uh, Clayton Richard just a little bit of run support that he needed. He went two for two with a couple of walks, hit his 20th double, stole his 12th, 13th, and 14th bases. So a good home game for Will Myers. That's been a bit of a rarity. Uh, I think Will Myers needs to be sat in home stands For one thing, he's been cold. Maybe that's going to change now after this game. But in the second half, he's hitting just 194. Uh, but over the course of the whole season, at home, he's hit only six of his 24 homers at Petco Park, and is batting just 224. So those are pretty wretched numbers. You really gotta, I think, think twice about starting Will Myers when he's at Petco. Colton Wong stayed hot. He went three for four with a couple of doubles. He's now up to 23 doubles on the year. This was against the Boston Red Sox. And for the month of August, he is heading 404. Just one home run. He's got a triple, but he's got seven doubles already in the month of August. And backing that up with a 40% hard contact rate for the month. So you like to play the hot hand. Doesn't get much hotter than Colton Wong. And to finish this off on a decidedly down note, Wong's teammate Jed Jerko having a pretty miserable second half when 0-3 in that game against the Red Sox it did walk. But now his batting average for the second half is down to 176 with just a 264 slugging percentage and a very low 23% hard contact rate. So if you've been kind of gliding along with Judd Jerker in your lineup, it's time to shake things up a little bit. Anyway, that is it for today. But I'm going to be back Tomorrow. I'm going to be joined by Dane Perry, which should be loads of fun. So uh, if you like Dane, and of course you do, tune in. Anyways, have a great rest of the day and stay tuned for On Target.